0: And welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Pastor coming to you from northwest Sydney, out here at Richmond, on and unfortunately, another rainy day. Well, mm, welcome,
2: Auntie. Mm. I'm off to a cracking start. <laughs> you're acknowledging today, mate. I, hey? I already stuffed my fat thumb on two buttons at once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the adrenaline boost I needed. I'm awake now. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, these things happen to the best of us. And what he's talking about is when we started the program, there was a, if you were listening, there was a little double, what would you call that, if, if you're What's hearing, that called in If the you're industry? hearing
2: a repeat, you won't hear it because it's getting edited out later uh, tonight. <laughs> he likes to do that.
1: Actually, I wonder whether more people listen to this show on repeat Re- yeah. than, than live, I wonder, I it's wonder. It's pretty hard to know, but this is one week now that we've been in S- Sydney um, live on 88.0 FM, so yes. to all our Sydney listeners, a great, yep. big, huge welcome, welcome. a warm welcome. We're very glad to have you today. You know, this rain's been holding us up. Oh my goodness, yes. How many days, now those of you who don't know, primarily we don't do radio, we do Television. Television, video,
2: Yep, video, online. vlog, blog, media. Where would you go if you wanted to watch our stuff? Aussiepasta.com or the Aussiepasta Facebook page. Or the Aussiepasta YouTube page. Or the Aussiepasta YouTube channel. Yep. My, my favourite social media platform has to be YouTube. I, it's so far in We're getting some pretty Facebook. heavy hits, so they sent me a message today. We had 46,000 minutes of play last month. That's good. Yeah, that it's good. People are listening to the story of mm. Jesus. That's always a good we've thing. We've now got 47,000 members on the Aussie Pastor Facebook page. Yep. Mm. Yep, that's always a good thing too. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah although Facebook's hard to work with. Can that's, I say that publicly? Yes, you can.
1: They are really hard. I actually, Hunty, yes. have just had to change for the fourth time. My personal Facebook page. Yeah, I know, right? Their latest stunt was they were starting to ban me. Yes. For just making normal. Normal comments. About nothing. Not even anything. Now, it's not that I'm, I guess I'm not one to shy away from controversial things, although I'm very, <laughs> very careful here on radio. Yeah. <laughs> because I think sometimes the gospel has a, the story of Jesus, especially in a secular world like ours, which seems to be going to Sodom and Gomorrah, the story of Jesus really does have a sharp edge. It does when you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ and to become a believer and to go His way, in a lot of ways, it's in absolute opposition to where the world is at today. Mm. And mm. it's 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 a it's always been an interesting thing for me because I count myself as a you know we're called I'm called the ministry is called the Aussie Pastor. I, I count myself as a pretty ordinary Aussie. But it amazes me how the message of Jesus, when it gets into your heart and you start to live it, how it can bring you into direct confrontation with our secular audience, our audience, our secular our country. Listeners, yeah. Not our listeners, our secular nation. So it is something, there's no doubt that it
2: really does... um Challenger. Now, Hunty, Yes. Moving on. Moving on. Um,
3: well, I, pretty...
4: no,
2: no. I wanted to talk about the fact we've been turned around twice this week. We went out filming and we, we turned around twice because of the rain. Yeah, we have. It's actually a bit of a, a, us. a Bit of a blow for and us. And then I wanted to also mention that I wish Elon Musk could buy Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> <laughs> he there, can fix some of the problems. Is there a with reason Facebook. for that, or is that just you? Well, and he and bought you. Twitter, and he's fixing that up. <laughs> Well, we don't know whether he's going
1: to fix that up yet. That's true. Wouldn't, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be fair to say when it comes to Twitter, the the jury is still out on whether or not uh, Elon Musk is going to fix it up? Because I was reading somewhere. Uh-oh. Now we're getting right off. The we way, are. But I was reading somewhere that Elon Musk actually doesn't really. Um, Go for freedom of speech, free that. That in his own area of influence, that he's not that free. So, really,
2: you know what we're about to find out. We are about to find out. Now, Hunter, uh, I, I we have a special agree. program yes. today. We do really special. We have some amazing guests well, today. Yes, one very special one yes. from Ukraine. Yes, yeah, Pavel, Pastor Pavel, live yeah. from the Ukraine. He's going to tell us what's going on. I'm looking. There. I'm looking at my monitor right now. I can see him on the screen. He's he's just logged in.
1: Yeah, we're good to see you, mate. Uh he's
2: ready to go, but we're not ready for him. No, yet. no, not yet. No. <laughs> hey, um and who else have we got? Uh we've got um Andrew Russell.
1: Now the reason we've got Andrew Russell is because he is the pastor of one of these churches right in the middle of this western corridor. That's right. Where Faith F M now goes out live. That's right. Oh man, that's exciting. And I hope if you started to listen to Faith F M that you're finding it interesting, that you're finding vibrant Christianity and that uh you're seeing something about Jesus at is, is pretty attractive.
2: I was excited today as I drove over from my place over at Wilberforce all the way through Windsor, all the way across here to this studio at North Richmond, I had almost perfect reception of Faith FM on 88.0.
1: You know what? I keep forgetting to try it <laughs> on the radio. Oh, I oh, haven't well. put – now, this will put me into big trouble, especially <laughs> with Faith FM. I haven't put 88.0 on once yet because you know how I listen to it? Oh, on the I internet. I listen to it on an app on the oh, internet. Yeah. Yep. So when I'm going to Queensland to, to visit my dad, I can listen to Faith FM the whole way. Nice. So well, we are glad you are here with us today. I'm praying that God will bless you and that you'll get just a little glimpse of how beautiful Jesus is. Let's pray before we start. Lord Jesus, we come before you and we pray that your presence will be with us, that you'll touch us, and that through this radio program people will see how beautiful you truly are. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you do. In your name, amen. Amen. You're listening to the
2: Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hunter, you've been listening to the news. I have, but I'm, I'm doing a song there with the news. I know my run
3: sheet's upside down. No,
2: we're following the run sheet exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, we're, we're, we're following (laughs) the run sheet that you put together. The messed up run
2: sheet that I put together. This is
1: a biblical thing. It's the law of the Medes (laughs) and the Persians. And we are not allowed to change it all at not one bit. I think this is the first time I've messed the run sheet up. I don't think you messed the run sheet. Up. Oh, I think I didn't check it. <laughs> well. So between us, I think we, we did pretty good. Hey, what about this guy um, who's working for a – and we're into the news. Yes. He's working for a car park company. Here. Let's not say who it is. Oh, I wanted to. Nah, I don't want to know. They're no. a great
2: store with lots of car accessories.
1: They are, and I, I, don't, I don't want to mess them up because okay. I actually quite like them. Me too. But this guy, he catches a woman yep. stealing. Yep. Now – there are some pretty expensive car parts in these car parts and stores. And she true? had some very expensive parts. Brake rotors she had. Well, she she had a pram. Yes. And she put the brake rotors yep. in the pram. There's no baby in nope. there. And she had wheeled the pram out. And
2: this guy had caught her. Yes. caught and her red-handed. She was putting up a fair bit of resistance. Yep. But did you find out what happened since? She was screaming. Yeah, I found out they laid, they laid the employee off.
1: Yes. Yes. The company, and that's why I don't want to bring them down, you know, yep. because what they it, it's just awful, really. Yep. But it kind of gives you an idea of how woke yeah. our culture is getting. Yeah. The company has laid him off yes. for confronting this woman, and I watched it online. It's yes. online. It's on Facebook, Yes, YouTube, I've seen the clip too. This mm. guy didn't go off. He no. wasn't swearing. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't no. out of control. He just stopped it. Now, he didn't actually get all the brake rotor parts back. Really, he's only able to get some of them because she took off with the pram with half of them in there. But they've actually laid him off, admittedly on full pay, while they investigate. The interesting thing is yes. another company, yes. in fact, another two companies. There's two interesting things here. Yeah, yep. Well, what? Well, you want me to say this, or you want to say you? Uh, no, after you, another two companies of uh, rival auto parts companies have offered him a job. They have. And if I was that guy, I would just uh, that's my nature, though, isn't it? Hold oh, up and take that other job. <laughs>
2: now, I I understand why why the employer has laid him off, because in today's litigious society, he could have got injured or hurt, and so could have she. And I know the company has policies of manhandling shoplifters. And she, I watched it. He never manhandled he that. He had the pram firmly in his grasp. Yeah, not her. As she was screaming. But not her. So I, I understand why they've laid him off to have an investigation and look into it. But interestingly... No, I don't... Ah, good. We disagree. That's that's part yeah, no, of the course. Yep. Interestingly, they have not reported it to the police yet. Are you sure? Absolutely positive. So they're just doing the investigation. It, they have not reported this lady to the police. Somewhere. So they're some... investigating his behaviour only.
1: Well, you can't investigate hers because you don't know who she is and where she is unless you call the police. That's right. And, and I guess you've got to investigate him first. Show them the they, video footage. They call hmm. pl- oh, I don't like it, though. No, I don't like it I don't it like no. it. Uh, not one bit. I think employees like that, it's the other rival company who's trying to get him, said employees like him are hard to find. That's right. And that he was polite. Oh, yeah. You know, the uh, big deal. But somewhere, somehow, there's a good proportion of our culture that has lost the simple uh, law of God that says, Thou shalt not steal. Correct. And it's very sad. You know, just up the road from me, they're building a house right now. Building houses all around me. They actually. Are. yep. I saw on Sunday, it might have even been on Sabbath, Saturday, this guy come in and put up a camera because <laughs> it seems to me they must have been losing so much stuff <sighs> they off the job Side. site. And I, I used to be a carpenter. Yep. We didn't try to keep anything safe. Yeah. Because it ne- you know what? In the, In all the years I was a builder, I yep. never once remember once, not yep. once, getting something stolen off the job site. Yeah, wow. And I'm talking about off the job site when we're not there. So there'd be windows, there'd be bricks, there'd be timber, there'd be all sorts of stuff worth a fortune. People back then, they admittedly are talking... 80s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, 35 years ago. People back then didn't steal. It seems now, you know, you see them all the time on the news, don't you? Run and write.
2: Well, that's because back then, one, one employee could earn enough money to pay off a house and, and another partner could be at home with a child... Now, oh. both partners have to work. Houses are now, was it 17 times more expensive than they were in our parents' generation? Mm. Mm. I, I just don't think it's right anymore. It's not right. You should not great. steal. If it's not yours, don't take hey, it. How did you see that guy who stole a lawnmower? No. Oh, that's a hilarious clip, in on the internet, of a guy who steals a lawnmower. But before he does, he mows the guy's lawn. <laughs> i tell you what I did see
1: talking about um, Pastor Pavel, who we ha- have on a minute, I saw some Russian soldiers steal... Ukrainian tractors and take them to Belarus. <laughs> and they, tractors. They, they, they were huge tractors. Oh, wow. Right? Huge, beautiful, state-of-the-art tractors and the Ukrainians were able to shut the tractors down. You hear that one, Pavel? They shut the tractors down and the guys who stole them couldn't use them. And so you've got these, you know, half a million dollar tractors sitting there stolen and can't be used. You know, the bottom line is, God says, thou shalt not steal. This next one, because I want to keep going okay, today. Yep. Farmers dumping avocados, it doesn't get sadder than that, aren't sad. That's pretty sad. That's a very, I'm an
2: avocado man. But I understand. Well. They're from the old trees.
1: No, they're dumping them because they can't get the price. On the open market for them Because Aussies Since COVID-19 is finished Aren't going out to restaurants And
2: cafes yes. And buying them Like they used no to No smashed avos on toast Yeah That's the problem And I
1: think that is a tragedy When the world is so hungry And people are so desperate To see food dumping Yeah in. I, don't, I don't know what terrible. the answer is there but, but the farmers say Hey it costs us more to get for, to market Than we can get for the avos And mm. so up in North Queensland They're being dumped in the millions And I think that is really sad mm. No What do you got your hand up for oh, uh, Not yet mate No not yet um, <laughs> what about this one? France inviting Britain to join an alternative EU.
2: Oh, what's up with that? Wasn't wasn't France against England and Brexit? Weren't they vocal saying if I you leave, that, we will never ever entertain you again? I suspect the Europeans without the British dollar are in some trouble. Um, yeah, and where else? Where else can they sell their frogs legs? N- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to get a five second delay on yes. this radio show. <laughs> we really are going to have to get a five second delay. <laughs> Um, brie, brie cheese, perfume Who's going to buy it if it's not, not the English Yeah, okay <laughs> I think we'll just let that go I've got more <laughs> But I think when you
1: see the amount of stealing that's in our culture When you see food in a world that's gone hungry being dumped I think when you see the EU breaking down Especially in the light of prophecy Daniel 2 and that that they said they'll try to cleave and they won't be able to Yep. I think these things tell us that the world is in a ferment That it is in turmoil And soon we will see Jesus come you're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This is a good song. Amazing Grace, my chains fell off. I like this one, Hunty. Thanks. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's one of our most favourite songs at church to sing every week, Huntie. Absolutely, we do enjoy that one, don't we? For Chris, sure. Chris Tomlin, "Amazing Grace," my chains are gone.
2: Beautiful.
1: Want to welcome to our program today, uh, Pavel? Have I now? Am I saying that name properly?
4: Uh, yes, Lloyd. That's good. That's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, just before, as we start off, are you, are you still pastoring, or have you gone into another line of work at the moment, or, or where are you with that?
4: Look, uh, the answer to that question is yes and no, because officially I'm not employed by the church, but uh, I preach just about every Saturday, and I run prayer meetings every day. So what does it make of me? Yeah, it means you're, it
1: means you're pastoring a fair bit. Um, you, you did, now before we introduce you and get into your background and what you're going through at the moment, you did live in Sydney for some time, correct?
4: Yes, yes, Lord. That's um, for about 20 years. Um, yeah. From starting in year nineteen ninety
1: eight, and you pastored, what a number of churches in this city.
4: Yes, that's right. Yes, and I, what about uh, about ten over twenty years?
1: <laughs> it's a it's a lot of churches <laughs> wow. actually. There'll be a lot of your church members listening today. You want to shout out and say good day,
4: good day, folks.
1: Yeah, those who remember me, uh, we remember you, mate. Now, look, let's get back into your life, um, because you're coming to us right now live from Ukraine, which I find quite amazing, actually. Uh, We're living in an amazing world, aren't we? Um, Tell us about where you were born and and where you were brought
4: up. Yeah. Look, I was born uh, in a country that doesn't exist anymore, a country called USSR, that is Soviet Union. But, but Ukraine was part of it, as everybody knows. Yep. So yeah, that was my background. I was born back in the USSR, and thanks God that country stopped operating back in 1991. I still remember that day. So you, you would have been pretty young child, back. You would have been yeah, pretty young back then. Well, I, I was 19. Yeah. I was 19. I remember very well when the Berlin Wall fall, fell down <laughs> and everything like that. So yeah, the childhood was uh, a bit of a rough time. Uh, for us because um, the athe- atheistic government uh, didn't like us uh, going to church and worshipping God and everything like that. And my parents, uh, like I was brought, brought up in a Christian home and we went to church every Saturday and because of that we didn't go to school. Everybody was supposed to go to school on Saturday. Okay. And for, so we're going into a bit of a trouble because of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so interesting time.
1: You you were born in the Ukraine part of the Soviet Union. Am I right on that?
4: Correct, and correct. you you were yes. born yes.
1: an an Adventist Christian by the sound of it. That's right. And as I'm hearing this right, you are supposed to go to school on Saturday. Is that right? Yes,
4: that's correct. That was the requirement. Yeah.
1: Did you? Was it big trouble not going to school when you were supposed to for you? Or? Uh
4: yes, yes, it was. Our parents were threatened uh, that, uh, like, we would they would um, uh, ban the. What what they call parents' rights, Yeah. So that the children will be taken away from them. So so how so, did you escape that? Yeah. How did you escape? Well, it? Uh, you you well see what what you do. Um, you go through this. You stand firm. You don't. So then they see, okay, uh, these children are behaving all right. There's nothing else they can they can uh, put against you. You're doing well at school and everything like that. And so they put up with that. They have they have no other choice. That's so. a, that's
1: a little miracle in itself, really, isn't it?
4: Mm, it is. Yeah. So,
1: how did you become a pastor? Did you become a pastor in Ukraine? Did you become a pastor in Australia? How, how did that go? Yeah,
4: that happened in Ukraine. In Ukraine, uh, back that had a, had a very strong conviction uh, <coughs> that um, that was the way to go. That uh, that was the time when the Soviet Union was about to collapse. And, okay, uh, we had this. The freedom time started. And they like big evangelistic campaigns started happening in our city. And I still remember the day when there was a big, um, uh, that uh, the American evangelist called James Gilly was running this evangelistic uh, campaign. And many pastors were participating. And I was a local youth leader in a, in my church. So we took part in it. And we were, I was really impressed with the whole spirit, with the whole approach, with the whole atmosphere of that thing. And I thought, wow, if I could uh, be part of this you know forever and uh, so that i was really, really impressed with that started studying went to zoksky seminary later on and so um, so where did you go, go to
1: college on. did you go to college in ukraine or russia or where were you studying
4: back then back then it said there was there was only one uh, theological seminary yep. uh, adventist theological seminary in the uh, former soviet union and yep. that was near moscow in russia
1: so you studied there to, to get your degree. Then you said you went on and you did further degree work, postgraduate. Is that correct?
4: Yes, yes, yes. That 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 postgraduate one happened in Avondale in Australia.
1: Okay. So that, that leads me to my next question, how you came to Australia. It sounded like you <laughs> came to Australia to study.
4: Well, look, I actually I, I worked as a pastor for, what, for about maybe four years or something like that in Ukraine. Before I unexpectedly got invited to uh, come to Sydney as yep. a first as a volunteer to work with a Russian speaking community, Russian speaking church, Seventh Adventist Church in Sydney.
1: So that that so would have then been then a, then that, that would have been a church with Russians, Ukrainians, anyone who's Yes, yeah. yes. Yes.
4: yes 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 yes. Yeah it's called Russian church but the reality is it's a it's like church of mixed nationalities. Yeah, uh, mostly mostly all came coming out at some stage they came out from uh from Soviet Union.
1: Okay. Um your wife is she Ukrainian or is she an Aussie?
4: Uh she's she's Ukrainian. She's Ukrainian.
1: So you met her in Ukraine?
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, but like we met as as teenagers. <laughs> <I> <laughs> was, she was she was fifteen and I was what, eighteen maybe. Okay. So yeah, that then we reconnected a few years later. Yeah. And was she happy to come China. out to
1: Australia with you? <laughs>
4: yeah. She wasn't she wasn't. <laughs> she she loved Ukraine so much and uh she was trying to pull me back to Ukraine, and she succeeded eventually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that answers the next question: um, How is it that you ended back in Ukraine? Because I think you said you were twenty years here working in Sydney. Uh, you, yeah, were one of, right. you were yeah. one of my colleagues, actually, here in Sydney.
4: That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Lloyd. I remember that. You see, well, I guess you know. I'm saying in chicken tongue. Um, you know, the thing is, my wife and I were both were partners in crime, as so to speak. <laughs> we're both. We always we had passion for people. We had passion for helping people, developing you know better relationships and families and and things like that. You know, generally succeeding in life. And we've like we've come we're coming back and forth between Australia and Ukraine a lot. Yep. And we had this vision that we somehow could um, you know. Kind of, you know, be connected with both countries. Be connected with Australia because we love Australia very much. You know, my Natalia loves Australia very much too, and we wanted to be connected with Australia and be able to to connect with Ukraine in a way that we could help people in Ukraine. We saw we learn lots of things, you know, in Australia. We wanted to uh, implement them here, and for some time we didn't know how exactly to do that. And uh, yeah, then we found a way Maybe, maybe it will be your next question
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, keep going Tell us what you're doing <laughs> how, how, how did that I actually have an idea of what you're doing Because I remember when you were doing it And watching you guys as this, this new chapter of your life unfolded But yeah, just tell yeah. us quickly And then we'll get on to what's going on in Ukraine at the moment And how you're coping and what we yeah. can do Yeah,
4: yeah yeah. A bit, a bit more than 10 years ago We decided to take this new venture In our life with um, uh, started this journey of uh, learning and then practicing life coaching. Yep. So it's um, it's like a like type of counseling where it's a very like sort of positive uh, thing, which uh, is standing on positive psychology, where you help a person to develop their best. Um, like first, first of all, find out you know what their passion is, what they what their strengths are, what they're interested in life, generally speaking, and then to create the changes they want to create in their life. So that that can that relates to personal relationships, that relates to the the careers, and then the mixture of the both uh, very often and so on. And that's what we've been doing since uh, 2011.
1: And both you so, and your and wife do that, hey?
4: Yeah. yeah so yeah, so, so basically, doing, your yes.
1: life co- your life coaches. That's
4: right. That's yeah. we are. Well, that's true. Um, where in Ukraine do you live? We live in a in the city called Dnipro. Dnipro, That's roughly in the center of Ukraine, kind of a little bit towards the east.
1: Okay. Um, are you impacted by the war?
4: Look, everyone in Ukraine is all like starting from uh, February 24. We all are. We were woken up on February 24 with the big explosions uh, in our city because the Russian rockets were thrown to different, uh, different uh, places around around us. And we saw explosions you know from our balcony. So yeah look everyone is so we're not we're not exempt.
1: So um, are you in a war zone or how does that work?
4: You're no saying- no thanks thanks God we're not thanks God we're not but we are probably the close to, the closest uh, safe place to the war zone. We are, like, the the real shooting, the battles are happening within, like, less than 100 kilometers from us. I
1: I've, I've wanted to ask this of a Ukrainian, and I've got a Ukrainian friend on board now, um, Pavel, from Ukraine. Mm. Um, did you expect Russia to attack Ukraine? Were you expecting that personally?
4: No. No, we didn't. We didn't. Um, although, although, see what happened uh, back in, um, what, Eight years ago, eight years ago, the war started. Yeah. But back then, you see, it was something, it was like, it was compared to what's happening now, it was almost like nothing. Well, people were die, I can't say nothing. It's probably the wrong way to say it. So the Russia, Russia did their next part of Ukrainian territory back then, called Crimea, their yeah. next Crimea. And then, uh, like it's uh, on the false pretenses, so they was basically sponsoring um, their own uh, people in Ukraine, in the eastern part of Ukraine. Uh, and they were portraying it to the wall and to Russian people. It's like this, as if there is like a civil war in Ukraine. So the Ukrainians fighting with each other. That's what they were portraying. But reality is they were, they were sending weapons. They were training people to fight and, and they were sending their own officers and soldiers, but they were pretending to be like, You know, we are volunteers. So, so what you're saying is
1: you've been at war for eight years. This is just a, this is really just an upscale of the war more than the beginning of a new war. Yeah.
4: We We, we didn't expect this to to go to this scale at all. We we didn't expect it. So, do you think,
1: has it been a shock for Ukraine and Ukrainians? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
4: Big time. Big time. We didn't believe it until last day. We didn't believe it. Although we were warned. We were warned. Australian Embassy warned us. Well, between New Year and the, uh, December thirty, they were told us, "Guys, you have to leave Ukraine because uh, we don't, we, we can't, we don't guarantee that we can evacuate later because the war will happen." And um, well, we well, no one, no one really took it seriously. We didn't. Uh, we thought, "No, that's not possible," because you know, Ukrainian army by this time was a lot stronger than back in two thousand fourteen, and so on. So for Russia, that. For everyone, it sounded like a suicidal thing for Russia to start this sort of thing. We knew that if that happens, yeah, Ukraine will suffer, but we didn't think that, that you know, the other side will be that cynical and go ahead. Do, do you think that
1: you're... I'm just interested in the mindset of why you didn't think yeah. it would happen. Do you think that's because Ukrainians and Russians historically have been quite close and even yeah. sharing, sharing large, you know... Yes. You, you speak... You don't speak exactly the same language, I hear, but it's pretty close, and it's and you have close. similar okay. customs, similar religion. Do you think it's because <laughs> of that? Am I even am I going too far saying this would be akin to Australia attacking New Zealand? Is that is that the sort <laughs> of? Or what? That's not. That
4: is that is very very. It's very close. Yes, I guess that would be a very good comparison. Yes, that's everything. Like what you said is is very true a like, lot because, um, yeah. Like, look, we have friends. We have we have like their families, their marriages, the Ukrainian-Russian marriages. Yeah, a lot yeah, of them. So, yeah. see, main language for us is Russian. Yeah, here. yeah.
3: Like
4: yeah. where we live, it's uh, like especially like eastern part of Ukraine and central Ukraine. A lot of people speak Ukrainian, it's a mix. So people speak like one person can say something Ukrainian, another person will will answer them in Russian, and they both perfectly understand each other. So yes, yeah, so we didn't believe that they would go that fight. It's one thing; it's one thing to do some sort of a sabotage, you know, because of the Russian special forces, they could do something. Yeah. And that's what they were doing since 2014. It was a bit more than sabotage, actually. But we didn't, we never thought, we never thought that in their right mind. Uh, they would go, and that so much, pe- so many people in Russia would support this. Uh, so that was unbelievable. And still, I guess you know, I personally sort of live in somewhat of denial. You know, in my mind, mm. I can't, you know, I can't uh, comprehend this thing. You know, because I know my friends from Russian, uh, from Zoksky Seminary, Russian Seminary, and when we talk to them, it's, uh, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking to hear what they say. Because there is a pro- this such a bad, bad, bad thing called propaganda. See, and uh, so what, what Putin managed to do, he managed to create this like artificial environment. You can it's unimaginable twenty first century, but, approach, but apparently yeah. it is possible. So because of the media influence, um, government controlled media, they created this environment where people believe things that like you you would if you didn't hear. That that media propaganda, you would would be mind-boggling. How can you believe such a thing? For example, they believe that supposedly under Ukraine and under American um, leadership, Ukraine was running these secret secret labs in, yeah. Ukra- in Ukraine, where they were developing viruses specifically designed to kill Russians. Yeah. So. Uh, based on on the on the DNA that they, they they would work somehow, and they go as far as to say that even coronavirus was somewhat you know like part of this of this underground work and so on so forth. So every day there are new so and. The, oh, because people every day for eight years actually more than eight years they, they, they gradually developed these things so they gradually they, they were stepping up and stepping up and stepping up this level of propaganda and the people so good were getting used to it and now they turned basically the image of a Ukrainian for like average Russian person uh, like who doesn't read a lot who, who just believes yeah. you know watch they watch their TV for entertainment they uh, so this it's, it's an image of an enemy. It's an is, image of an enemy similar to like Nazis from the Second World War. Well, let so, me let me ask Russians-
1: let me ask you on that Nazi thing because because we hear this, that coming out of Russia, is yeah. is there a problem with Nazis in Ukraine?
4: Not at all, not at all, not at all. Look, I mean, how can it, how can there be a problem with Nazis in Ukraine? Because look. Ukraine is a, it's it's a, again look it's a country of mixed nationalities. It's sim- similar to Australia. Yeah. You know, like in Australia, like okay, we all speak English, right? In Ukraine, it's even less than that. It's it's like uh, in, in Ukraine, there's a mixture of languages. Okay, mm. and the Russian is one of the main languages. Yeah. Okay, and then. Like we've we've got our president who is a Jew who is Jewish, yeah, right? We yeah. uh, we have we had our prime minister Swedish, so Jewish community is very active actually in this war supporting Ukraine and so on and so forth. So people remember what happened in the Second World War, right? So we didn't, we never had this racist problem in Ukraine at all, never. Okay, no, so that's, that's that's just
1: a fabrication, um, to propagate yeah. war. This might sound like a, a foolish question asked, but Are there a lot of Ukrainians dying, and is everybody being impacted by this in one way or another who lives in Ukraine?
4: Oh yes, big time! Look, everybody—if if if it's not in their family, they know—they know, like a family or a friend, who like whose father already died in the war, or like who were personally like personally, Natalia and I were personally um, you know met lots of people who are refugees who got out of there so we, if you are not impacted yourself like physically if you physically not impacted yourself you like the bomb didn't drop was not drop on your house or something like that you are in like you interacting with someone who got out of there or like you you talking to you trying to comfort a friend who whose father is like whose father is missing in action or was killed or something. Like that. So it's a big thing It's huge
1: Have you thought about What you would do If the Russians were to come?
4: Oh yeah, well, yeah I would fight
1: Okay I've wondered that myself too If I'd live there What I would do In my own homeland Tell me this mm. You're in ministry um, mm. You're not just sitting back Doing nothing no. You are doing something no. For these people Who are being mm. Displaced Is that correct?
4: Yes, correct, yes. Tell
1: us about that. Yeah, Grant,
4: if I could yeah, if I could tell you this, look, like I already started saying that the war warned that the war would happen and we did have time to think about it. So what do we do? So what is yeah. what's the plan A, what's the plan B, yep. and plan C and, and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And it somehow came very strongly to us that whatever happens, whatever happens, we are here to stay. We're here to stay and to do what? To do what? like, we didn't know back then, exactly before before the war started, because this like, full-scale war stage started, we didn't know exactly what we would do, but we, we were praying and we were thinking, okay, how could we help? So, when this thing started, when this thing started, the floor, big flow of refugees uh, started coming to our city through our city. So many people were, f- were fleeing from the war-torn areas to the further to the west and overseas to the Poland, to other countries, and further. And many, but see, our city became a hub, a hub of support to many, many refugees, and that's what we got ourselves involved in. Uh, we started visiting these places. We started talking to people, asking those who already were in places. Our church was uh, very active in um, in setting up, you know, shelters in um, in our churches. Many of our churches became shelters where people actually sleeping, okay, good. staying, eating, eating, drinking, and and so on and so forth. And like conference office, so like the is is like full of refugees itself because there's a school right where the conference office is, so there's school classes be turned into bedrooms for refugees just for our, so our listeners we just, just like for this. our
1: listeners so you know what the conference office is that's the administrative sure. building of the Adventist Church um, where Pavel lives yeah mm. and that's been yeah, t- that's yeah. right so that's it's been turned into so a refugee center yeah. and you're helping yeah. them is that correct?
4: We're helping, yes. We're helping with, uh, we, like, we're working alongside with people who are, who are providing help, who are immediately in, in so asking questions. So what do you need? So, like, needs are, you know, they need money for food, they need money for, you know, for essentials, for toiletries, things like that. Um, and they, of course they need something to sleep on so they need beds and bedding and, uh, and things like that so and that's what we're starting buying for them and we shared that with um, with our friends in Australia with our friends in United States and that's what we're doing so and uh, we we do get help our friends are helping us we're not a fund we're not like a big organization we're just two individuals you know who are trying to do our, our best in, in the very difficult situation and so we, so the needs, needs I and mean, so what, what else we do we, we get in touch we, we are in touch with people most of them we knew all our lives people who are very, so brave they go to these war-torn areas and because they know those areas yeah. better than we do so they go there with their own cars and they evacuate people so that's been happening a lot lately so we do support those people we we support we, we give them money for for fuel and so on when they bring these people we help these people to be you know settled in in uh, various this refugee centers and so on and so forth we gave one of our units here ourselves we just gave it free of charge to the uh, to their refugee family and actually yesterday unfortunately one of these family members died who lived in our unit and we i conducted a funeral for them okay. the people are not believers at all they you know they never went to church um so, on. so i became like you know their by default um a minister you know who who looked after their their needs so yeah things like that that's uh, that's what we do people come stay in our place you know coming on, on on their way to to west they come here we help uh, a lot of volunteers who are helping people um helping them to you know to support what they do um for example, you know that because many refugees live in our in our city, right? So, and these people they lost everything. They they can't, you know, they, it's not very easy to come and get a new job. It's all it's all left behind. And even if there was job, many of them psychologically just not yeah. ready to take on. So it's a new yeah. start for them. So the so what volunteers do? Volunteers buy food and they set up like packs ready for ready for them. So family wakes up in the morning. They need to eat something. So yeah. they come. Um, they come to the they journey queue um, and they are given this pack with essentials with the, with the with the food and they they go home. So and this this packs need to be bought. They need to be supplied, uh, you know, uh, set up. We're helping with that. We're giving money for for that sort of thing.
1: So if we wanted so, to yeah. help, if we wanted to help, and I'm going to get Hunty mm-hmm. to do this, you can give us mm-hmm. an account where where any of our yep. listeners who might want to help. Um, mm-hmm. If you go, Hunty, where would they go to to um, be able to pick up this?
2: Yeah, look, if you text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, we will send you how this can be done. Can
1: can we put the can we put the link up on our our um our pages as well?
2: Yeah, Facebook. we'll put it on the Aussie Pastor Facebook page and YouTube. And I'll, I'll, I'll post this interview tonight or tomorrow, yep. and we'll put the link underneath that.
1: Good. How's that sound, mate? Let's do what we that can. That sounds good. Let's do what we can yes. to help you. I know we're just cranking up at our church to do something too um to help you guys. Um Do you think Ukraine will win this war?
4: I believe so. Yeah? I believe so. Are you surprised yep. are you
1: are you surprised at how well the Ukrainian Well, we don't know. We only hear... I know there's propaganda on both sides. The West is pretty good at propaganda too. But we keep hearing stories about how well Ukraine is going and how difficult it is for Russia to make any progress. And it does seem like that could be the reality on the ground. Does that surprise you?
4: Look... It, uh, the answer is probably yes or no. We've seen this before. You see, we've seen this before when the, when this whole thing started in 2014. You know, we have this joke among ourselves. We say to ourselves, we've got to be thankful to Mr. Putin for uniting us <laughs> so much. Yeah. Because, because we didn't even realize, we didn't even realize many of us, many of us were surprised back in 2014. Now, when when this big scale war happened, we're not surprised as much as we were before. But, you see, the spirit of Ukrainians is very, very, very strong, you know. Um, the support, the people, are, lots of people are stepping up. And those people who don't have much, people who, you know, struggling in the cell, they're stepping up. And, like, i give you an example. Like, you know, we have this, for example, uh, right now we are... We we are trying. I'm I'm trying to coordinate the efforts to repair the roof of this um, shelter of this refugee shelter, which yep. is an old building. You see, yeah, yeah. that wasn't used before. A lot. Yep. So it's an old building. The roof has the roof of about eight hundred square meters need to be repaired. So, and when I start saying this, you know, among friends, and so, okay, we need to repair this roof. People coming out with little what they have. And I said, okay, this is my little, this is my little contribution, you know, to, I don't know, it's not much, but that's what can mm-hmm. be done. They're like, this is like a blog post somewhere where soldiers are standing, and there are block posts everywhere. Look, the scene of our city is reminding you, although it's a peaceful city, but it would remind you the scenery from some sort of Second World War movie, because we've got, we've got this anti, uh, anti-tank, anti uh, you know, constructions, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got block posts everywhere. So people come into the soldiers, and there's like an old grandma would will, will come with a, with a jar of, of pickled um, onions, for example, or some pick, pickled, um, uh, you know, something like tomatoes, say, yeah, yeah. hey, this is something from me. so please you know fight well and, and so on so The spirit of Ukraine is something that is very, very strong. and no one, although it's scary, no one is panicking, no one is, um, like, you know, you know, no one is, is, is yes, we, we watch, we watch uh, the news sometimes, you, you get, you know, you, you, you feel some, like, a despair, you think, oh, yeah. how much, how much longer this is going to be? But we're prepared to stand as long as it lasts.
1: Well, so. just a couple more questions because we're running out of time, but I find this very interesting. In your own mind and heart, do you, do you have an idea of how much longer this is going to be or just no idea?
4: Look, we're praying. We're praying. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't take us be beyond the end of this year, um, because there are men-
1: we as we've already said, there is a lot of Ukrainians dying every day yeah. in defence of yeah. the nation. Um, you are a Christian. You've been a Christian all your life. I, I know you. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. How hard is it for you? And this is a personal question, I guess. Yes. To forgive Russia yeah. and the Russians for what's going on. Can you do it?
4: Oh, brother, it's a very hard question indeed. But let me tell you this.
1: Because um, the reason I ask that, you, you've even indicated yeah. to me that there's tension in the church between believers in Russia and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. Ukraine, which which actually, brother, should not be. That's, that's the fact, isn't it? Because we're, we're yeah. tied together by the blood of Christ, which is stronger than even yeah. national ties. But yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of forgiveness happen to be done by Ukraine. Yeah, this. look, uh,
4: you see thing is it's like you know when people asking me i've been challenged by many people you know saying because i do say you know things on facebook and so on it's very difficult it's very difficult to be sort of you know it's one thing look and i've preached a lot of sermons from a pulpit in the church myself about forgiveness yeah, um, yeah. about things like that you see it's, it's one thing to talk about it when nothing happens, when in, when you only talk about this in theory. When reality strikes, and reality is very brutal, and reality is, is very harsh, and it's something that you didn't expect, the sense of unfairness is so strong that yes. I can't even, um, you know, I can't explain this in words, how strong it is. See, basically what we see here, we see crime in action. It's like, forgive me for the comparison, but it's just, um, you know, but just to, to have a glimpse of imagine that you're watching one of your loved ones being raped.
1: Yeah.
4: you See? And you see that, and you don't know when is this going to happen. You're desperately crying for help and so on. And the world is watching, right? The world is watching, says we're deeply concerned. We're so concerned. This shouldn't be happening. This is so bad. This is so... Imagine how you feel. Imagine how, you know, what what, what it does. So look, one day we will all have to forgive. That's for sure. One day there will be time for you know for, for sorting this out and forgiveness and so on. But at the moment, the crime is an action. So it's to, to right now to tell Ukrainians, "Hey guys, you should be forgiving in my opinion, is immoral. You, you can't you can't expect you know a victim to forgive right now when when it's all happening. So the time shall pass and there will be lots of thinking and rethinking and so on. Look, we do pray. We do pray for God to give us strength, to give us patience and so on. And not to... So what we do, we're learned by now not to focus on the horrible side of things. We are focusing on the positives that we can do, on the positive changes we can do, and that really helps. Yeah. So when you're talking to people who are affected, you're listening to them, and... uh, so, And that's, that's how you survive. Because you'd, you'd, so, you'd uh, be
1: meeting people uh, deeply yeah. deeply traumatized. Yes, um, yes. Last question, um, kind of on a similar line, is your faith helping you? Is your faith in Jesus helping you through this cry? Because this is, you know, really for us Aussies, we haven't got a clue. We, we've lived in, even during the both wars, we've lived in peace in our country. We've been attacked at Darwin and a few other spots, but never a sustained attack on the mainland of our nation like you have been. Is your faith helping you through
4: this? Well, I can't imagine how I could do without faith, seriously. I, I struggle to imagine how people can live without faith in a situation like this. If it wasn't for faith in Jesus, if it wasn't for the hope of the second coming,
3: Yeah
1: Very emotional Well our hearts are with you I think you know that We're with you Pavel Um, We're with you in thought We're with you in prayer And we want to be with you and help you financially Not you you personally But your ministry And so I want to encourage Uh, Thank you Yeah I want to encourage our listeners These people are hurting you can't see what we see at the moment, no. With Pavel on screen as he tries to deal with the attack on his country and the trauma of his people and himself, even we want to we want to help his ministry. So, if you want to help his ministry, and and you want to, um, I, I I know I certainly do, brother. I've been waiting for this interview
2: actually. You want to help this ministry, Hunty, Remind us again what to do. Well, I'm going to put up a link on our Facebook page, Aussie Pastor. Plus, if you text us. Yep, to our text number zero four double we we'll hook you up. What do they have to text? What word? Uh, text how about uh, Ukraine. 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 <laughs> We're both Text Ukraine, it, and Wilson. we'll let you know how you can help.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, may God be with you, brother, over there. May he keep you safe. May he bless Ukraine. May he save her. There's a lot of us. Thank you. There's a lot of us who've been praying for Ukraine. My heart goes out to the Russian boys, too, are sent to war by an evil dictator, um, there's a lot of Russian families grieving, as there are Ukrainian right now, and they're, they're they're innocent. A lot of those boys, they don't they don't necessarily choose to be a part of what they're being sucked into any more than the Ukrainians do. But it is Ukraine that's being attacked, and that's just the hard, harsh reality. And and you've got a wonderful ministry where you're you're helping refugees, people who are traumatized. And you, uh, can I say, I think you need our help, and what we can do is we can send money. And that money, Thank I know, you. I know Pavel. He's as honest as the day's long. Yep. He's a man of God. He's a believer that money will be used in the advance of the gospel. And what I mean by that, the gospel of peace, helping people who are in need of yep. food and, and medicines and just the day to day things of life, people who are deeply traumatized. So I wonder, can yep. we, can we organize this fundraising, get it going, and then in three or four weeks, get you back? And we can talk more. Yeah, about that would things. be lovely.
4: That would be lovely. Lloyd, uh, can I, on a personal note, say something? Um, forgive me. <laughs> it's just a,
1: yep, uh, just the thing. Look,
4: um, this time, uh, this time became. Um, you see, it's it's interesting that you know who your friends are in the time of trouble. Yeah. And we've seen it, and we've seen it very clearly. Uh, you know, um, there are people. You know, and people react differently. People react differently, you know, when they know that something in trouble. I have friends who stop talking to me, <laughs> sadly, um, because like from from uh, from overseas, from Australia and so on. And I don't blame them because uh, you know, people are shocked. Sure people simply don't know what to say. You know, people don't know, like you know, that they're shocked. They they don't know. They, they're not prepared. You know, to hear what you know what's going on and there are people who stepped up mm. there are people who stepped up and like what, uh, like you personally you know I've known you for many years you know we've met at this uh, minister's meetings you know we're working in, in churches in Sydney and I can't tell how much I appreciate you know this interview and you reaching out and uh, showing interest and showing support and that's something that shows you know you know who Christ's people are mm. by this, by actions like this that's what I wanted to say
1: well we love you and we want to do more than words We want to help financially And and we'll do that And I think uh, may God be with you May God protect you and your good wife And your ministry over there And we'll talk again in another few weeks Once we get some fundraising going over here Can we say a prayer For you guys Please. Dear Lord Jesus this is a terrible war um, I think it's probably The worst war Europe's seen Since the second world war It's brutal it's vicious and it's fierce We have uh, Ukraine under attack by a foreign nation defending herself and trying desperately to breathe and to live in freedom. And so first I pray for Ukraine. I pray for this nation that is struggling to survive with so many of its people dying. I pray for Pavel and his family's wife. I pray, Lord, for their ministry over there as they endeavour to look after refugees who are just deeply and highly traumatized, hurt and seen things that human beings are never meant to see. Bless them all, I pray. And lastly, Lord, I pray that you, who is the great God and can reach into the hearts of anyone, would reach into the heart of President Putin. We convict him of the evil that he's perpetrating. I also pray, Lord, well, I think it's appropriate for the mothers and the fathers who have lost children in Russia to this evil and I pray God that you'll intervene, that you who still rule the world will step in and stop this madness. Until then, continue to bless those like Pavel who work for you in the darkness, in the middle of the war is my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pavel. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All the best. Thanks, guys. And we'll, we'll get this going now over here. We've launched it and we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Stay safe, mate.
0: Thank you. See you. Thank
4: you, guys. Thank you, Australia.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Well,
1: oh, that's a very um, challenging mm. interview. Very. When I mean, you look at Pastor Pavel's face and you see the, the tears and the pain and the mm. stress of what he has to go through with his wife and the country. And, I, and as, I, as I keep stressing, the Russian boys too, th- this is just an awful thing. Sure. Um, and I actually have, I, I feel a sense of injustice for Ukraine, and perhaps I do speak out. Maybe I speak up too much. I don't know, but I do. I can't help it. But I, um, I, I think we can help. And so I'd encourage you one more time, Hunty. Yep. Wh- wh- what
2: do you do? Uh, text Ukraine to zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, and we'll text you back the details how you can help.
1: Um, this song, He Lives, uh, it's from Hymn sing. Um, It's a beautiful song to put in here because in the darkness sometimes we can forget that Jesus does live. He is here and he is still in control. Thanks, Hunty.
3: He lives within my heart. Let's sing it together. Here we go, sing
1: I quite like it I know that there's listeners out there saying that's really old fashioned but can I tell you something we sing a lot of that music in our church yeah we do and when you're up there with a congregation yep with a group of people in our church anywhere from 100 to 500 <laughs> yep. yep depends what we're doing actually I think we've had more than 500 at seven or 800 when we do our own hymn sing that's right it is very I don't know what it is it's very inspiring
2: yep. there's the spirit
1: yeah it puts the hair up on the back of your neck. So I put a couple of these in every now and again. In fact, i got two of them today, simply because I want people to get a feel of what it's like at church. And you might say, oh, that's not for me, that music. Come along. (laughs) Come along (laughs) to church and try
2: it, and I think you'll be very, very surprised. Let me tell you where we are. We're in Ah, northwest Sydney. Are we? We're in Quakers Hill. We're behind the Aldi, uh, 4 Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. We're in that Life Anglican Church. And we're on Saturdays, 10 o'clock. We'd love to see you. You know what? You can, if you look, up, we'd love to see you at our church. We There's would no love to see you. If you're in north-west Sydney. If you're driving around in your car right now and listening to us, then you should be in driving range of our church. 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Yep. You come if you're in northwest Sydney. But here's a good thing. Here in Sydney and right around Australia, literally in every single suburb, you'll find an Adventist church. That's right. Ask the Aussie pastor it's time. them at me,
1: mate.
2: Hey, one more plug. If you want to question, the ask if you want to send a question to Belzy Parsons. Too late now, isn't it? Oh, it is, but you know what, if you think of you, something you're, you're, you're we'll get take a it bank, for next week. You're trying week.
1: to get a bank of questions for next week, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, the
2: the harder the better, of course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So you can text your questions to zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. So zero four double eight. Double eight zero eight five one, or you can email your questions to us, info at com. and today you can text us the word Ukraine, and we'll also send you the information how you can help in this great tragedy.
1: Yeah, I'm still a bit impacted by that. Yeah, me too. Well, I've been impacted with this war since the beginning. Yep. I'm not pro-Ukrainian or anti-Russian either. I want to make that very clear. I have Russian people in my church. Yeah, we do. It's beautiful. Beautiful people, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All uh, right, and, and we have Ukrainians in our church. Did you know that? Do we have a Ukrainian? We do. Phil's a Ukrainian. Good to know. You didn't know that. I did, did not you? know I'm that. I'm not giving his last name. Don't no, worry. no, but no. Phil is a Ukrainian. Very good. Yeah, I think his father or grandfather come over to Australia from Ukraine. So oh, well, there we go. Uh, okay, far away, mate. RC now, RC by the, for, just for
2: those who don't know, ask the Aussie pastor. What is it? Just it's a section of our program where you can ask any question of Pastor Lloyd. From the I Bible, always, not from the Bible, he I, will tackle anything.
1: I can't always answer them. I won't steer away from anything controversial, and I'll have a really go. But if I can't answer, I'll take a rain check and I'll come back
2: the next week. And if you still can't answer, you win the prize, which is a oh, leather-bound I mean, Bible. Yes, just the brought, prize is still up. You've just brought that out of the cupboard then. Well, I brought it out <laughs> because if they can stump you, they can win a Bible. Uh, anyway, first okay. question, and this is from our old mate, David, he's in Ellenbrook in Western Australia. He, now, he is a friend of our He's show. a friend of our program. He's a very faithful listener. He's
1: actually a Facebook friend of mine. I'm telling you, David, actually, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, David, friend my
2: new Facebook I page. sent you the link the other day, David. Click on it. Because we can't find you. We is that the truth, Hunter? That's the truth, yes. Okay, what's he firing at right, His today? question is, hey, Lloyd, when Jesus was raised on the third day to heaven and visited people until he ascended 40 days later... What did he do regarding the seventh day Sabbath?
1: Okay, I think I've got this question, and David will correct me if I don't. After Jesus was resurrected, you know the first person he saw? Can you remember? Uh, yeah, Mary. Mary Magdalene. Mm. He said, don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended to my father. Now, a lot of people don't actually realize this. This is very clearly in the Bible. After he'd spent some time with Mary, perhaps showed himself to the disciples, he went to heaven. What did he do up there? Well, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about that. Maybe he presented his sacrifice to the Father, we don't know. He wasn't up there so long, and it was a, you know, he was, how long was he there? Well, not exactly sure, but it wasn't a real long time. I doubt he was up there over a Sabbath. This he met Mary on the Sunday. Um I, I don't think he was up there for that long. But if you're a listener and you
2: know better, feel free to
1: contact us,
2: Hunty. What's yep. the, Yes zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one or yeah. email us info at aussiepastor.com. And correct me on that. Yes. Um
1: so w- what did Jesus do on the Sabbath? Well I don't think he was up there, I think he was back here on earth. And what did he do with the Sabbath on the Sabbath? Well he 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 worshipped God. Yep. Jesus was a Sabbath keeper. You can't escape that fact. There is never any, uh, not one single instance, example of Jesus worshiping the the, the Lord of, of of Heaven on any other day when it comes to Sabbath worship than the Sabbath. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. We worship God every day. Yes, and once a week we do Sabbath worship. Jesus never transferred that Sabbath worship to Sunday. In fact, my grandfather was a pastor in World War Two. He used to go in. He was actually a sawdust trail pastor. You know what they are, hunting. Yes. Go into towns.
2: Yes, put up a tent. Put sawdust on the floor. Yep. You would have liked those days. They would have I, suited I'm you. I'm older really than you think. I've actually done some sawdust pastoring. Where? Uh, would you believe oh, in Australia in Sydney, in Concord Oval, I actually helped spread the sawdust for a mission. I mean I call it a mission, but it was basically a, a huge outreach program. Outreach program a where a pastor park. opens the Bible and teaches and preaches. That was Pastor John Carter. I did that in the early eighties. Well, yeah, that's true. You are 65 or going
1: on 70 now.
2: 50, so. 50s. come on. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> you must
1: just look 65 or yeah, 70. <laughs> yeah, so that's my answer to David's question. Yeah. Oh, oh I was going to say, I, I lost my train of, th- that's happened as you get old, doesn't it? Sawdust pastoring. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, my grandfather used to offer a thousand dollars for a missing text. And you know what the missing text was? Yeah, prove. Any text in the Bible. Bo- I'm not offering a thousand dollars. No. By the way. We, I'm not scared of. I just think it's a, that, those sort of, gimmicks are gone, but it worked in the day. He was just saying, I'll give you a $1,000 if you can show me a single Bible text in the Bible where the Sabbath has changed from the Saturday to Sunday or any other day for that matter. fact is, you can't. A lot of people, a lot of you out there listening might be surprised at that, especially our Sydney viewers, listeners, listeners, mm, hunting, listeners. Who who haven't been on the radio listening to us for that long. You can't find a single text in all the Bible not one that changes the Sabbath From the Saturday to the Sunday It's always an interesting thing I, I encourage other Christians to do To go and talk to their pastors about this one
2: Alrighty, moving on Next ah, question we're rushing on, are we? Okay. I would like to get us moving, yes, yes. Oh, This is a bit sad, this one I try to have faith in God But I just can't find it What can I do? The only
1: thing you can do When you can't find faith Is spend time with God it's the only thing that will bring faith. Spend time with God and faith just comes. And now, he does gift it to you, but when you're spending time with him, you just get it. So my faith is strongest when I'm spending time with God. So you'll notice, Hunty, when my faith's down a bit and you've seen me like that, what do I do? Mm. I take off. Take a off. Yeah, take off. With my Bible.
2: Spend a night in prayer.
1: Or more, if I could. Mm. I, know, I know a guy in America who's one of our top preachers. He takes off for... Three months. Wow. It's Dwight Nelson. Wow. Takes off for three months a year up into, he's got a cabin in the bush somewhere. He doesn't go up there to sleep and and, uh, to be lazy. He's most powerful, one of the most powerful preachers we've got in our church in the world. But he goes up there. Now, he can do this because he's a full time paid pastor and he's very high profile. But he goes up into the bush with his Bible and he just spends three months with the Lord in Bible study and prayer. And it gets him centred for what he has to do for the rest of the year. Now, he has to share Christ, so he needs to spend an extra amount of time with him. But if you're struggling with your faith, open your Bible and start to read it morning and night. How many times have you heard me say that, Auntie? Yep. Get on your knees and pray. Start going to church. There's Sabbath-keeping churches all over Sydney, all over Australia. Start going to church. Get yourself into a Bible study group. If it's online or if it's... In someone's home. Get yourself into a prayer meeting. Go looking for them online. If you don't know how to find one, send a message to Hunty on zero four eight 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 zero eight five one. Tell us where you live, the suburb or the town, and Hunty will tell you where the we'll church is. We'll hook you is. up for sure. Yep. Yeah. Get yep. yourself into Bible study. Get yourself into personal Bible study. Get yourself into prayer. Get yourself to church. And prayer by prayer, all I mean is talk to God, mate. Yep. None of this rote stuff where you're reading out of a prayer book. I'm talking about you talking to God intimately. Mm. Tell him that you feel far away from him. Tell him that you've got no faith. I do when I'm down. I tell him straight. I, I got little faith. I feel like you're a long way away. I'm not doing very well or I've fallen into sin or I've done this or I've done that and I'm not doing too well and I'm talking to him as I do to a friend. Go to church. Go to church, hunty. Yep.
2: Go to church. It's good. Good for the support. And get
1: yourself in the Bible study group and to a prayer meeting group and you will find your faith will return very
2: quickly. Yep, that's some good advice there. Alrighty, next question. How can I find out God's will for my life? I have met someone and I don't know whether they are for me or not.
1: (laughs) I'm probably the wrong guy.
2: (laughs) I'm the last marriage
1: counsellor you'll ever go to. (laughs) So this, this person, is it a boy or a girl? We don't know. don't know, sorry. They've met someone, they've fallen in love, mm-hmm. and they don't know whether to marry them or not. Correct. This gets back down again to what God's I just said. Life. This gets mm-hmm. down to Same your thing. relationship with Jesus Christ. He will tell you anything, mate. Absolutely. He will tell you anything. And if you've fallen
2: in love with someone you're not sure, go to God and ask him. My experience my whole life is if I put a question to God and I wait patiently, at some point I feel he gives me an answer and he and leads usually, me in a direction. It's
1: usually pretty fast.
2: Yes. And the more time you spend with God in Bible
1: study and prayer, the quicker the answers often come because you start to recognize his voice. And it's really important to recognize the voice of God. You know, when you're in the Bible, that's the voice of God. And yep. if you're reading the Bible, that's where you get to. You know, I know your voice. Uh, yes. Lucky you. <laughs> it can be a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> um, if things... If you called her out to me at an airport in the crowd, I'd, I'd, I'd know it was you. Yes. Well, when you're in the Bible, you're hearing the voice of God, and that's how you start to hear his voice in your heart and in your head. Correct. You're recognizing the same voice in the Bible now in your heart and your head. You hear his voice. He'll lead you, guide you. He'll direct you. Go and ask. I mean, I have the old story about Lizzie and me, don't I? Yes, Ripper. Don't I want, well, I want to get married. And I said to the Lord, and it was a second marriage. I didn't do too well the first time. I said to the Lord, should I marry her or not? And I was out at the my farm, you know, again, escaping to God. Out there, no one was there. Prayer, Bible study in his presence. Hearing the voice of God. And I'm in my Bible study. And 99.9% of the time, God talks to me through my Bible study, not in my head or in my heart, but in my Bible study. God actually talks to me as I'm reading the Bible. It's amazing. You should yep. try it. Yep. He said to me in my Bible study, "Lizka needs to tell you something. Oh, that's a bit weird. I kept going because I didn't ring her up and say that. Remember, I'm asking, "Can I marry Liska?" Over and over, he kept saying, "Liska needs to." So I ring her up. Do you need to tell me something? She started to cry. She had to tell me something. Wow. Once she told me, then we could get married. Interesting thing is, he was telling me to tell her something that I never, and I should have. Hmm. And we paid for that later on. Wow. So God will talk to you, even when you're deciding on who to marry. In yes. fact, I can't believe people get. Yep. I've done it. I've done it, Hunty myself, not the second time around, but I've done it, I can't believe people get married without talking
2: to God intimately and for a long time about who they're going to marry. It's that important mm. a question. So good question that yeah, it was a good question. And last question, I think God may have left me for good. I have fallen into serious sin and I cannot sense he is with me anymore. That's a pretty serious one. Mm. What's serious sin, I wonder? It could be anything from mm. adultery to pornography. Finance. What, robbed a bank? Um, I don't know, embezzlement, <laughs> tax oh, embezzlement. fraud, who knows? Sin is sin. Sin is what sin, is that's right. Sin, any sin is serious, bro. Um, I guess sin is, sin I think is we as human serious beings. if it affects other people more than just you. Well,
1: I've never seen a sin that doesn't affect others. True. Not one. True. Not one, not ever. I tend to think sin is serious. What? What's the question? I've fallen into sin and I feel like God's far I away. Think
2: I, found, I think I've found a sin that doesn't affect anyone else. Yeah, what? If you get stuck into pornography... You know, all night you're only hitting come yourself. On, come on, come on. That affect others too, does it? Of course. Yeah.
1: What about your poor wife? Or what about your prospective hey, good wife? Point, good what point. about
2: your girlfriend? Or what about your children? Okay, listeners, I'm taking that back. Friend. I'm running backwards here a thousand miles an hour. <laughs>
1: that's I one th- of that's one of the most that's probably one of the most insidious I'm gonna impact your life sins of all. Yeah, maybe we should talk about that sometime. Yeah, maybe we should. In fact I I'll go further. Let's, let's... I think that ninety nine point nine percent of men need to deal with that issue at one level or another. Too often we think pornography, us old guys is having a magazine we hide under the bed. I mean what a place to hide a magazine under the mattress, as though your mum's <laughs> not
2: gonna know that one. But the reality is that's how we look at it, but it's a lot more insidious with the generations today, hunty, than that. Let me read you the question again, because I may have I may have taken you off track. I think God may have left me for good. I'm into serious sin. I can't sense him anymore.
1: Well, sin will separate you, my friend, from God. True. So the first thing you need to do is repent. When you repent, you can only repent by going to God. You don't go to anybody else to repent. Don't go to a priest. Don't go to a pastor. You repent to God. Once you repent, you confess your sin. Repent, confess it. Tell God what it is. Let him Make you white as snow, hunty. He'll forgive you and he'll forgive you instantly. Once you've repented, then ask for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come inside of you and he will begin to clean you out. And that cleaning out is done in, in conjunction with Bible, daily Bible study and prayer, hunty. I cannot, yes. I cannot impress upon people how important that is. Daily Bible study and prayer. Ask for the Holy Spirit. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, Luke 11, 11 to 15, he will come. And when he comes, he's going to show you the way out.
2: Okay. All righty. Well, that's it, Hunty.
1: That's Ask the Aussie Pastor. Okay.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: Hide Me Rock of
2: Ages is an a cappella song, Hunty. What's that mean? A cappella means no accompaniment, no piano, no band. It's just voices. Yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I do like a bit of a cappella.
1: Now, this group is the Redeem, the Redeemer or the Redeemed Quartet And they come out of Africa I think they sound really cool They do The words are deeply spiritual This is a great song
6: Oh, oh thou blessed rock of ages, I am trusting, trusting now, dear Lord, in thee, dear Lord, in thee. I'm trusting, keep, keep me till me. my journey's keep ended. Journeys ended. Keep, keep me till thy blessed face I see.
1: That's not bad, Hunty. Now wow. I have to confess a mistake. I, I was, was going to say that they didn't sound like Africans to me. <laughs> <laughs> careful, <laughs> careful, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll expose, here we go, I'll expose, <laughs> time for a confession I'll expose some more secrets here before I'm out That, that The Redeem Quartet actually is a southern gospel group from the United States of America got it. They're about as far from Africa as you can get mate Sorry about that, I got myself all confused um, We have another guest, Andrew Russell Who's a friend of mine, you there Andrew?
7: I am there Lloyd, nice to see you
1: mate Yeah, welcome, welcome to the program um, You've got a bit of a different accent there I might get into that a little bit But you're not an Aussie, is that right?
7: I'm as Aussie as they come, Lloyd. <laughs> love it. Well, these days, anyway.
1: Okay, so you're out wow. of Australia. Okay, let me ask that. Wow. Let me ask I'm that a- in a different way. Okay. If the Wallabies were playing the Springboks, who would you be cheering for?
7: <laughs> that would be a hard choice to make, Lloyd.
1: <laughs>
7: <laughs> Support them both.
1: Welcome to the yeah. program, Andrew. Um, tell us about where you work here in Sydney and what do you do.
7: Okay, so I'm working here in the Greater Sydney Conference. Of Sydney. What, what does
1: that mean? Uh, what does that mean?
7: Well, that means that um, the Greater Sydney Conference is a reference to the Seventh-day Adventist Church within the Greater Sydney area. Yep. And uh, I work as a, as a minister, as a pastor in the conference, looking after a few churches. How many work churches established...
1: How many do you look after?
7: Um, I look after two larger churches and two smaller groups.
1: I never knew that. Four?
7: Four, oh, yeah. How yeah, many on community. your staff? <laughs> I have one associate, an intern.
1: That's, ac- that's pretty stiff, actually. Four different congregations. Yes, yes. Uh, you keeps, better tell us where
7: staying. they are. Um, okay, yeah, we've got um, one at uh, Dundas Church, which is near Parramatta. Yep. Dundas, 7th Adventist Church. Hoxton Park is another one, western suburbs of Sydney near Liverpool. Uh, We've got a harvest fellowship, which is in a Denzer park near Liverpool as well. And then we've got one in Riverston out as you're heading out towards Schofields now past Blackdown. Uh, That's called Predestined Group.
1: So you've got four different churches and all probably falling in the 88.0 Faith FM.
7: Yes, yes Coverage exactly. area Is that right? That's right That's right Yeah yeah right. So um, we, we spread the news
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay so we've been going on about uh, New Hope Where are you this Saturday? I'm
7: at Dundas Church this Saturday
1: Okay so if you want to go and see Andrew Russell He'll be at Dundas I'm not. Hard. That's a beautiful church actually that one Fairly that new church yeah. Fairly new Well re- just, just a refurbished Refurbished building isn't it? That's right yeah Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, fairly, yeah fairly newly refurbished Looks great now, this pastor thing, um, tell us, how long have you been a pastor? Um, I've been a pastor for about nine years now.
3: Okay, yeah, I, I thought it was longer than
1: that, actually. You're still a young man then, aren't you? Uh, in the ministry, I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been a you've been a pastor for nine years. Where did you train? Um, look, I did four,
7: uh, four years full-time at Avondale College, so I did the, um, the double uh, bachelor ministry degree there. So four what's, years.
1: What's that mean? Yeah. Double bachelor of ministry degree. I don't even know what that means.
7: Uh, okay. Well, look. It's you know you've got the theology side of things. So that's that's they regard that as one degree. You know that's really um, your theological studies and yep. You know, um, and then on the other side you've got the practical side of things, which is really they call the ministry practicum, if you like, minister practical uh, side of ministry. Uh,
1: is that is that two degrees or one degree?
7: Um, look, they call it a double, but really it's it. Comes out one degree. I mean, you, you couldn't go into ministry without
1: either of them. So oh, I did. I regard it as one. I, I went into ministry without anyone. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I, I did, mate. I'm, I'm actually I'm a, tra- I'm a trained high school teacher, not a pastor. But some you know might say that's, that's, that's what's wrong with me. I actually, when I say that, I I did all the theology <laughs> subjects, etc., that you guys did. I think the only thing I missed out yeah. on was Greek and Hebrew. And between you and me, I'm actually a bit i'm a bit sad that I missed out on that. I I would like to have got that, to tell you the truth. But God works in mysterious ways, and I wasn't initially going in to be a pastor. So so you trained at Avondale, which is our Australian school just up the road. Actually, Hunty and I headed up there straight after this program. We are. Um, Okay. Tell us, now you're a pastor. A lot of Aussies wouldn't know what that is and what's it mean. Tell us, what's an average day for a pastor? I, the reason I ask is I hear a lot of people say, oh, you pastors only work once a week and for one hour a week when you come to church. Well, <laughs> you have a look at the grey hairs on a lot of my colleagues and you know that's not true. Tell us, what's the average day of a pastor like?
7: Well, maybe I can reflect upon my day today. Yeah, okay, um, that'd be good. Yeah, so look, I'm usually up 5 a.m. in the morning, um, spending a bit of time with God in prayer and, um, and devotion. Um, I find that's my, that's my spiritual bread.
1: You've got kids, and, eh?
7: I do. I've got yeah. I've got a family, so of three kids.
1: So five a.m. Yeah. would be a good time to be up to pray. And, uh, and I have to yeah before it
7: starts. Yeah, they start with the kids at six, so wake them up and they'll be doing the school school yeah. thing, getting them ready and the school run. Um, I usually try to get a bit of exercise in about quarter to eight or so. Yep. Um, knock that off by about nine, uh, maybe a little bit after, and then I'm into my emails and my uh, some phone calls um and then you know from about 10am like today i was i, I had some, i had two studies in a row did some bible studies what's a
1: study so, what does that mean well
7: look a bible study is where you uh, you really get to support someone in their understanding of the bible and the word of god and i i really look at pastoral ministry as um as a calling to support individuals in their personal journey in, in a personal journey into a relationship
1: with God. So, so do you go to their home?
7: Uh, I go to their home, yes. I and mean, since COVID, you know, we've, we've, we've done some studies on Zoom and I still have a couple of those going. So we're, we're online. I study with three people actually up on the um, Central Coast.
1: Being online so, is an easy way to do it, actually, because you don't have to get in the car and go. You can just sit in right. your study and when it's over, you can go back to your family. I, I, I actually don't mind those online Bible studies, but so you go in, you you sit down at the table, you open the Bible, and you teach them about Jesus. Is, is that how it works?
7: I teach them about um, Jesus, not only the relationship. But I find there's two aspects to Bible studies. The first is how to have a relationship with God as he's revealed through his son, Jesus Christ. And then the second aspect is um, we, we get into the, a prophetic side of the Bible, I and mean, we see that God has a time frame. He's working with a time frame, and and, um, and I think it's very important to know where we fit in today's day and age into that time frame. And so you're, so you're
1: looking at Bible prophecy?
7: Yes, as well, yeah.
1: Past prophecies, future prophecies, what?
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah both, both. I mean, there were prophecies that were given... Um, in times past that have already been fulfilled, but there are yeah, definitely prophecies there that relate to our day and right up until the second coming of Jesus Christ that are very relevant.
1: For Actually, people. to study prophecy is a pretty exciting thing to do, isn't it? It's incredible. Now, if I'm a secular Aussie and I've stumbled across this radio station and I'm a secular yep. Aussie, I don't go to church. Uh-huh. I do. Uh-huh. I'm playing you know the game here. I'm a secular Aussie. I don't go to church. I love the Brisbane Broncos. I'm a Queensland – oh, okay, better not kick too carried away. <laughs> um, but I'm a secular Aussie. Why would I come to your church?
7: Um, well, look, you know, I've got some mates that are secular Aussies as well, and we've had some pretty good conversations. But, look, you'll get the answers that you seek, and you know? I think that's, the, you know, the plain and simple of it all.
1: Well, I get I the answers of, by coming to church?
7: Uh well you get the answers by connecting to church and you'll get you know and you do that by connecting with someone from a church and then of course you'll get more answers and probably an abundance of more as you come to church as well. So So, so um, if
1: you're talking to me and you're saying I'm a pastor, I'm preaching in Dundas this week, I want yes. you to and I'm your neighbour. And I want yep. you to come to church this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, yeah. to, I'm going to throw it at you again. I'm looking you right, and I say, "Well, why should I come to your church?"
7: Well, I will say because um, you won't really, you, you won't really, you won't really learn how to experience God if you don't. You know, you, uh, there's a lot of people out there. Trying I, I to like fashion.
1: that answer.
2: Well done.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I don't if want to don't cut
1: d- you off, but you're saying experience God, come to church.
7: Come to church, yeah. That's where we experience him. I mean, the church is the house of God, essentially.
1: So so if I come to your church this week and yes. I walk in through those front doors, a lovely church it is, I'm going to say it again, <laughs> what would I expect to see?
7: Well, look, you're going to get a big welcome on the doors because we love to welcome those that come in, members and visitors alike. Um, we In the morning, we start at 9.30. We have That's we have,
1: early, that's early.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's early, That's early. But look, it's all worth it. It's all yep, worthwhile. Yep. We, and in the morning, we kind of do a mission focus, and we talk about what the church is doing in Australia and worldwide. You know, um, caring for those in need, and uh, many you know many of the other pursuits, the, the charitable aspects of the church. Then um, we follow that up with uh, a time of fellowship and reflection uh, on on the Bible study. Um, now, so most do you members, do a
1: Bible study?
7: Yeah, yeah. We do a fellowship. A group Bible study in the morning, and a lot of people love that because you get to chat.
1: Is that like the old Sunday school for adults? Yeah,
7: yeah, that's like the old Sunday school, yeah, but it's for adults, and it's interactive, very interactive.
1: Okay, so you you sit around in a circle, or you sit and – how does that work? Yeah,
7: Yeah, so look, at at Dundas, Dundas is um, still very much like a church plant within an existing building, Yep. so so we do have a a bigger group where – you know, I'll be up the front and maybe teaching from the front. Oh, okay. And, but, but we'll still be chatting and asking questions, and then there'll be smaller groups that may be in a couple of the other rooms, you know, so you uh, can, can venture to those If I bring
1: well. my four kids along? Uh,
7: bring your kids along? Oh, so, say
1: so I have an 18-year-old. I, I don't. My kids are pretty much all grown up. Not, not quite, but almost. But say I had sure. four kids, an 18-year-old son, a 15-year-old girl, 11-year-old boy, and a 6-year-old girl. Is there anything for them or is church more or less for adults?
7: No, absolutely for them. I mean, the kids love it. The younger kids, they, they have their own, um, study and fellowship groups, called the kids Sabbath school groups, and they're doing craft things and learning about Jesus. And then you've got, uh, you know, we move up to your juniors where you've got maybe 12 to 12, 14 years of age and 15 years of age. They're, you know, they obviously take a more mature approach and they're doing some interactive stuff. And then we've got our, our um, our older youth group as well. So there's something there for the 20 year olds
1: Would my kids feel comfortable going in there? Yeah, they'd
7: feel comfortable. Like, look, if you walked into a church the first time, you don't know anyone, you have to expect that, you know, you're, you're going to take li- a little while there's to adjust. a li-
1: There's a little bit of discomfort, are you saying? or?
7: Yeah, come walking into a new place, and you're walking in by faith, but you'll you'll quickly feel welcomed, yeah, and I think you'll you'll be set at ease pretty quickly.
1: Okay. How did, have you been a Christian all your life? Um,
7: my Christian experience, I would say, is twofold, uh, very unusual. Um, I would say I had, yeah, two stages of Christianity. One was as a kid, being from South Africa, Lord, when I lived there, I was uh, living under the apartheid regime, yep. where there was still racism and so forth, in, you know, within the government, and I was classed as a coloured, kind of stuck in the middle between the blacks and the whites, but...
1: Why in is that? Syria. Because you look pretty white to me as I'm looking at you.
7: <laughs> have you... That's, the, that's Dad's European side, but Mum's Mum's the dark side.
1: Okay. And so, so got you got weren't you weren't accepted by one tier of society. That's right. That would have that's been right. tough. Yeah. We're yeah. not used and to that in Australia. I'm not saying there's not racism here, but not to that, you know, not
7: to that extent. No. That's right. Yeah. So so look, there was a lot of a uh, lot of violence as well because of that. There was yeah. a lot of upheaval, yep. a lot of backlash. So, um, yeah, my first experience, my grandmother used to always tell us to to pray and ask God to keep us safe. And yeah. and I believe as a kid, I saw a couple of definite answers to those prayers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, you know, just providence, unusual ways of kind of getting me out of serious trouble. And that kind of gave me faith. And I also got a picture of Jesus and I learned about the Ten Commandments at a school I went to. And I put those two together and I looked at the world around me and I thought, has the world gone mad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's everyone doing? We've got this perfect example yeah. of humanity in Jesus and the commandments yeah. there that just seem, you know, practical and relative. So I chose as a child to Jesus and the commandments. I suppose as a kid I made that decision. Yep. Yep. When, when I got older, I kind of lost my way. You know, there was a lot of drinking in my family and, uh, I ended up, uh, yeah, going down the path of you know really partying hard and drinking, clubbing, and you know going into drugs, and and that kind of got the better of me, Lloyd. And and as an adult, I called on God one day when my life was just a bit of a mess, and I can just say that God heard me, and He answered that cry in my most were desperate you still, hour. Were
1: you still young when that happened?
7: Um, I was about twenty twenty seven at this at this stage. 27 That's years a age. similar
1: age to me when I found, or when the Lord found me about yes. that time. And have you been walking with the Lord ever since?
7: I have. I had a pretty dramatic experience there. I was actually working on The Matrix, you know the movie The Matrix? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was at Fox Studios at the time and uh, doing a bit of back, background, you know, extra kind of acting work. Oh, okay. And yep. Yeah. So I, so I met if a couple we, of...
1: Are you in that movie?
7: I, I'm in the second second one, yes. yes. Wow. I,
1: <laughs> I know someone who's famous now. I, I worked on that movie too. <laughs> okay.
7: Just for a second, Lloyd, just for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but
7: I, I met a couple of Christian folk on, you know, that were working there and, um, yeah, and my, my life was, uh, like, as I mentioned, just a bit out of control at that time. And uh, one of these young ladies offered to say a prayer for me as we... Um, as we finished up work there, we walked to the car park and um, I thought to myself, this lady has no idea of how messed up my life is and the addiction I have in my life. And, but I, I looked at her and I thought, well, I've tried everything else. So I said to her, okay, go ahead. And so she said this prayer and then she left. And um, I had a pretty dramatic experience. Actually, uh, God's presence was revealed to me, not in a, not in a physical way. I couldn't see him. Yeah. But the Bible refers to it, as you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and he yeah, just took me, Lord, and yeah. broke, just, yeah, yeah, I was shocked.
1: So is this happening in the car park?
7: This happened in the car park, no one else was around.
1: Very, very uh, intimate thing with God then.
7: Very intimate, and life was ne- has never been the same since then.
1: How did you become an Adventist?
7: Well, after that conversion experience I had in the car park, um, I began to really want to know what the Bible had said. Up until that stage I was always like interested in, in learning and reading. I'd read on different religions. I'd pick up a Quran and I'd, I'd pick up the you know the Bhagavad Gita, the Hindu writings and Buddhism and I was always one to, you know, interested in reading and learning. Yeah. yeah. But after that experience, in particular as she prayed it in the name of Jesus Christ, yep. I began to really want to know what the Bible had to say. And it was a couple of years later that I came across uh, some Seventh day Adventist meetings in a local town hall in Bankstown here in Sydney. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, a preacher from America was over here, that man by the name of Maurice Berry, and I was blown away by the things he was sharing. I had a lot of answer, a lot of questions answered. Yep. A- and um, How did you even know the meetings yeah. were on? I got a fly in the letterbox.
1: Oh, okay, wow, wow, Okay. Amazing, yeah. and you actually went, and I went, um, I, and actually, look, those meetings
7: ran for five weeks, but we only got there the last night, and we kind of got the
1: summary. God, God I had God I only needed one night with you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he, he had you hooked, mate. Yeah. yeah,
7: and I, I had never heard of Adventists, so yeah. I'm thinking, who are these people? So I was very cautious, but we began to. My, my wife and I began to dip our toe in the water and kind of go and have a listen to a church service. And, and then we hit them with every question we could possibly think of, particularly yeah. what we'd, we'd learned. Yeah. And I actually bought a, I bought the series of presentations from the town hall. Yep. It was on audio cassette back then. Yep, yep. And I listened to them all and I had all my questions and they could always give me a very simple, sounding biblical answer yeah, to my yeah. questions. Well, and if I, was, I
1: remember rightly, he's a pretty good preacher that you were listening to too.
7: Yes, yeah, very yeah. good picture. Is he still around? He's still around. He's from the States, and I believe, he's still, yeah, I believe he still travels.
1: Okay. You ever meet him?
7: Yeah. Uh, look, I, last time I saw him was when I was at college, actually, Lloyd. So that was about eight years ago. I I've spoken
1: you... to him over the phone a couple of times. Okay, so he knows the story. Yeah, he knows the story, yes. Your, your wife, you said your wife there. You, you met her and married her before you made a decision for Christ?
7: Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, actually... When I had that experience in the car park, we weren't married; we were living together.
1: Yep, yep.
7: And I came home; I was I was weeping like a baby because yeah. of this incredible experience I had. And she knew something had happened. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she was very supportive, and we began to really search together.
1: So she came on the journey with you.
7: Yeah, she came on the journey, and uh, yeah, we entered the Seventh Avenue Adventist Church together.
1: You got baptized together.
7: Uh, no, I was first. Okay. Um, cause I, I kind of had been walking with God for two years. She hadn't really had that experience yet. Yeah.
3: That
7: was two years. It took two years before we came across the Adventists. Um, yeah. And so I, I got baptized fairly soon and she got baptized later. Actually, um, you had, uh, Pavel, uh, there, yeah, Pavel yeah. Bill and, on the yep, line and, yep. He was our church pastor at her school church when, wow. we, when we walked into the church. Wow. Yeah, so. It's a small world, isn't it? It's a small <laughs> world. I didn't, know he, I didn't know he was the Pavel well, that was on the program tonight. today.
1: Why, why would you recommend Christ to our Aussies out there, our Aussie friends? Why Christ? In a country where Christ doesn't really have a big, you know, a lot of people don't really. He doesn't have a big platform. It is as simple yeah. as that. Why would you, well, look, a South African yeah. Aussie boy, recommend yeah. Christ?
7: Okay, that's a really good question. Uh, I think we share something in common, South Africans and Australians, as we do Americans and Europeans. And uh, yeah, I would I would put a challenge out to our secular Aussie uh, listeners. Um, we have forgotten that our country was built upon uh, the Christian, uh, Christian Judeo ethic and principles and truths. Um, we, you know, we open up Parliament House with the Lord's Prayer every day. Um, a man by the name of William Blackstone, who consolidated all the centuries of English common law into an eight-volume series, he, he noted that uh, that the English common laws were based upon the Ten Commandments, and we which, have which that as are. a result.
1: Which they, which they
7: are. are. That's right. And I just believe we've forgotten our roots, Lloyd, and yeah. to come back to, you know, that's the reason why we, we have this excellent sense of mateship. Um, it's based on do unto others as you would have them do unto you, as Jesus taught us. Love your neighbors, you would love yourself. Um, it, you know, we, we have it instilled there uh, uh, deeply in us as a people, as a nation. And yet we haven't, we've forgotten forgotten the the precious things that surround that. And we've kind of lost our way, I would say, a bit. And so I would say, it's time to come back. And I'm so glad that there are many Aussies that that haven't. And I'll just share this uh, just as a final thought on that question. But I remember reading an article, Lloyd, and it said, uh, and I really agree with this article, it said, Australians are quietly spiritual but not
1: godless. Yeah. I think you could say that. that for a lot of countries in the world. Eh? We're all spiritual, yeah. you know that. Yeah. Everyone yes. is. That's a very interesting. That's yeah. a very interesting yeah. quote. Um, mm. What is the hardest thing about following Jesus?
7: Lloyd, for me, the hardest thing is to put up with the one that doesn't want me to keep following him.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
7: that's uh, that's the arch rival of Jesus. Yeah. Um, this uh, fallen angel and his uh, confederates, um, yeah. So, you know, he tries to put obstacles in your way, tries to discourage you, uh, tries to lead us away um, from from that that relationship. So that you're, God talking, desires you're talking for about eternity. Satan here. I'm talking about Satan. You, yeah.
1: be- you believe in Satan?
7: Oh, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince the world he didn't exist. Like,
1: so he exists. <laughs>
7: He absolutely exists.
1: So you're saying, <laughs> since you become a Christian, he harasses you a bit?
7: Uh, yeah, of course. He doesn't. He doesn't want us to have eternal welfare. He doesn't want us to have. He's challenged the throne of God. You know, he's he's, he's coveted what doesn't belong to him. He wants a kingdom.
1: Are you talking about? And, so he he tempts you. Is that what you mean? Or, or you're talking about he afflicts you? Or what? What do you mean?
7: Uh, yeah. He, look, he. Um, yeah, he he he's often he tempts us, he tempts us, he endeavours to oppress us, he puts challenges in our way, um, and we read from the scriptures where he did that, you know, before God's people lured them away with all kinds of temptations. Um, how do me, you the, how do
1: you how do you combat that?
7: I I combat that by. Seeking God early every day, as I mentioned, starting my Very day good. with him. Yeah. Ask, asking God to um, to lead me through the day and to lead me out of temptation as Jesus taught us to pray. If you're spending
1: time with Jesus right from the start, it's hard yes. for the devil to wedge in, isn't it? That's have have right. you ever noticed, That's I mean, right. we're pastors. Have you ever mm-hmm. noticed if you miss a day of that intimate time with Jesus in the morning, have you ever mm-hmm. noticed how almost inevitably that day goes bad when it comes to your walk with the Lord and the temptations that the devil might throw at you, and how you combat them. you, you exactly. almost instantly you're weaker, eh? You're weaker. You're not as centered. You're not centered. Yeah, and you're not as, you're not as sensitive to yes. the challenges. That yeah, and, and I, it's always amazed me. Just one day, just one day, and boom! It's it's mm-hmm. that important. to Spend that time with Christ. Um, so, what would you say again to the average Aussie about why they should give Jesus a go?
7: I would say that in order to know God and to experience God, you can only do that through the person of Jesus. And I know there's many people that are saying there are all kinds of other gods out there and religions and so forth. You just have to trace back the roots, you know, trace back to find out where the roots of those are. But God has chosen to send an image of himself into the world in the person of Jesus Christ.
1: So how do how, look? look, I, I'm fortunate yeah. to run out of time, but I want to get this okay. in. Okay. How, what, how do I follow Jesus? How do I, what do I do? Be because, intelligent. Because I, about, I, I like what you're saying. Yeah. Jesus yes. is what it's all about. Um, yeah. You've got to experience him to be whole. Um, you must have him in your life if you, if you want peace. But how do I experience him? What do I do? Last question, because we've run Last out of question. time.
7: Yes. Um, be intelligent about the person of Jesus. Find out about him, and I think once when you find out about him, you'll find out about God, and and ask him. Just ask him to reveal himself and to come into your life, and he will do exactly that.
1: Will he come if you ask him? He'll come if you ask how him. Long says, does he take, he, how long does he take to come? He comes immediately. So if, when you, yeah, And you're just saying, ask him in prayer? Ask him in prayer,
7: yes. Uh, to talk to him as, as, as we're talking now, Lord.
1: Now I know we're running out of time, but I've just got to—I've got to ask this one more thing: Bible sure. study, prayer. Is there anything else I can do to know Jesus? Bible
7: study and prayer, I believe, is the essence. But um, look, we just have to take a look around. I actually shared this with my kids today. You see the beauty and the wonders of God yeah. through creation, and the knowledge of God is is, is all around us, and He's. He moves providentially in our lives if we're willing to look and observe by faith.
1: Fabulous talking to you, mate. I'm sorry we ran out of time. Mm. It's all good. It's great to be here with you guys. That's life in the fast lane. If you want to meet Andrew, you can go to Dundas or what are the other three? Hoxton Park. Hoxton Park or...
7: Predestined Group or Harvest Fellowship
1: (laughs) You'll find him (laughs) You'll find him there somewhere God bless you, thanks for joining us Thanks mate, see ya Thank you guys,
0: great to be here
1: You're listening to
0: the Aussie Pastor Here
1: on Faith FM We run momentously out of time today We are, we've got seven Just over seven minutes left Oh that would be worrying you wouldn't it (laughs) (laughs) This song, Tell the Mountain, I played it last week And I guess I'm not going to be able to play it again for a while, Auntie. But I want to be able to play it more Because it's from Fountain View Academy It's a fabulous song, have you been able to find it there? Yes, I've got it ready to roll (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear it, mate
3: of sorrow.
7: Looking up from the valley of fear, you can see doubt off in the distance, and you're about
5: to lose heart right here. But don't ever give in, don't ever give up. God is with you, and you will Oh He's going bro-
1: Love that song, honey. Ripper. You know why I like that song?
2: I oh, know. What do you like that song? It's,
1: song? it's sung by kids. This is a school in Canada, I was talking last week, that I want to send my kid to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found out how much it costs. How much? Breathtaking. 50? No, 20. 20? Oh dear. $20,000 a year, and that's Canadian dollars. I don't even know how that ranks against the Aussie yeah, dollar. I think the Canadian dollar might be slightly higher. I don't know, which makes it even worse. Oh dear. But the school is fabulous, and there's music coming out of it that's just magnificent. And that probably at the moment, right now, in my life, that's my favourite song coming out of that school, and one of my favourite songs. Talking about mountains and how if you want to get over them, you need Jesus. Now, here's the deal. We've talked to Pavel today, and he talked about his need for Jesus in a war zone. Yep. Then we went on, we talked to uh, Andrew Andrew, Russell, and he spoke about uh, how he has a walk with Jesus and how important it is to him. I'm very interested to listen to his story Mm. because he's actually one of the uh, quite powerful pastors we have in the Sydney area. Yep. He's a very good preacher. He brings a lot of people to Jesus, and his churches are always growing. But the thing is, this thing about Jesus is it's personal and it's intimate, hunty. Yep. You can be like you and me who are born and bred in Christianity. We we are men. Yep. I don't know how many generations you're down in Christianity, but it's a few. And I'm four, so oh, only one, is it?
2: My parents are Christians, yeah.
1: Did they? Not your grandparents?
2: No, my parents came into Christianity on a sawdust tent meeting.
1: Ah.
2: And then they brought their parents in.
1: One of them was my grandfather who was preaching.
2: In England. Oh, okay.
1: It wasn't my grandfather. <laughs> my, my grandfather, though, has brought brought people to Jesus who have been very good friends and great influences in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, so yes. it's amazing yes. how many people I meet that my dear old grandfather had the privilege of bringing to Jesus. And you know what? This We, we sometimes talk about our church, the Seventh day Adventist Church. We talk about what we do at church and all. You know what? Really, it's all about Jesus. It's not religions. It's not denominations. Yep. It's about Jesus, Correct. mate. Correct. And if you want your life to work how it's supposed to, then it's not just religion and den- Look, there's nothing wrong with religion, denomination, churches, sure. and all the rest of it. But first and foremost, at the very beginning and the middle and at the end, you need Jesus. For I pray sure. to Jesus and so say, You are my beginning, you are my middle, and you will be my end. Yes. Jesus is what this is all about. And if you don't know Jesus, and if you get nothing else out of this radio show today, hear me and listen to this. If you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, you want to give him a chance, you'd like, do you know what it's like, Hunty? You do to go into the presence of a real, live God called Jesus, mm. to have him talk with you,
6: yes, to have very him blessed. walk
1: with you, to yeah. guide you. He's real. He's alive. I mean, this is why I look at atheists. God bless them. I respect them. But I just shake my head in wonder mm. because telling me, me telling me that Jesus does not exist is like trying to tell me you don't exist, mm. honey. Mm. He does exist. How does he exist? We know it. I know it. You know it. Mm. And if you want to experience Jesus or give him a go and see if he's real, is this Jesus real? Is he alive? Is what these guys are talking about on the radios a whole whole lot of hot air and cloud, or is it real? Then I want you to do something. And there's no qualifications, there's no ramifications. We'll just do what we say we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. You, you, text me yep. the word, or you can email it to me. You yep. text or email me the word. This is easy. Jesus. Yep. And I will send you a link to some online Bible studies. Yep. Just you and the Bible studies and the Bible.
2: Let me give you the number.
1: And, and, and you will be able, you will be able to work out for yourself whether this Jesus thing is a real opportunity for you to know a real God or whether it's just High in the sky fantasy you'll work it out
2: yourself mm. so send me a link so text us on 0488 or email us email address is info at aussiepastor.com just send the word jesus and we will send you back a link to a great bible study that will bring you closer and show you what jesus is all about
1: we're out of time and Hunty's trying to we run. are i don't care I don't care. I'm gonna say a prayer. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we are out of time here, but you are real. You are alive. I know it for myself, and I just pray, Father, that you'll touch the hearts of people, that they will send to you this word, Jesus, this God of ours. I'll send this word in the, to the link through the links, so that we can send them back this powerful Bible study, and they can work it out for themselves. Thank you for hearing us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Hunty? Yes. My name's Lord Grolem, and I'm the Aussie Pastor.
2: And my name's Hunty, I'm the Tech Guy. We love you. We love you so much. But God loves you so he much. He loves more. you so much more. See, See you, you next, next time. Week.
0: Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us go to findjesus.tv